Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week of the Weekly Wilson. You can email the show at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. I am your sweaty hat-wearing host, Brian Wilson. And I'm your comfy, cozy host, Jay Wilson. Um, yeah. Brian, I know you said, uh, you specifically asked me if I had any pre-Cletus stories, and that I couldn't remember. Um, well, I took a deep breath, and that's because I thought I had something, but I couldn't remember it, and I did. Um, it was a deep inhale, about a 20-second pause, <laughs> and then a deep exhale, and I was a little concerned. It's like, is Jay gonna break up with me? <laughs> um, no, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I am drinking coffee during this podcast, so if I seem extra Jay, I guess, um, that's why. But I feel as though, Brian, I'm son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> what just happened? Do I sound like a chipmunk again? sorry about those technical difficulties um side you know what i'm just gonna talk about this now what happened was my headphones disconnected from my computer it's a wireless connection, Brian, so that can happen more easily and without warning than a wired connection. Um, but the thing familiar. is, yeah. I use wireless things quite often. But the thing is, these are wireless headphones, Brian, and I paid good money for wireless headphones. And uh, when they started disconnecting when I didn't want them to, I thought that was kind of weird. And for a while, I thought it was linked to me always connecting to my work laptop and then not always disconnecting. So maybe it was like trying to connect to that laptop. That laptop is dead and gone, for my life at least, and the headphones still have a problem. So I looked it up, and uh, a bunch of other people said, yeah, I had the same problem with these headphones. And somebody said, are there any solutions? And they said, not really. I asked Skullcandy, which is the brand of headphones, and they said, yep, you should probably get new headphones. <laughs> wow. So Interesting advice from the company that sold you the original headphones. Yeah, so I... Uh, I have, they're within warranty, like well within warranty. Okay. So I, I think I'm just going to try to get my money back, I guess. And then maybe invest in like better headphones like Sony, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. I have had, so I have my wireless earbuds and then we just got, um, noise canceling headphones. Yeah. And in my experience, just using wireless headphones with laptops mm -hmm. is just always difficult. It's never easy. I had a really great time using these headphones. I love them. I I don't want to do a warranty claim on them. I want them to work. But uh, having wireless headphones that aren't wireless is almost is significantly infuriating because they come with an aux cord, which I just used to like mm -hmm. fix the situation. But I just I just it's you know they have the capability and they'll work for like ten minutes is the problem. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. It might just be worth getting new headphones because, uh, in using my first pair of like over ear noise canceling headphones, I did recognize a feature that would be amazing, which is headphones that can connect to two devices at once. Ooh, that would be incredible. Yeah. 
So that's a thing that a lot of headphones can do that I think I would be willing to spring for this time around. Yeah, because, yeah, I think that's the biggest issue I have is having to switch between having something connected to my phone and then to my laptop. And the only way I can get it to work is to turn off Bluetooth on my phone. Yeah. So. But then my Bluetooth mouse that I have has a feature where if I start Bluetooth pairing mode, then my computer will just come up, pop up a notification that goes, hey, we noticed a Bluetooth mouse. Do you want to connect to it? Mm -hmm. And you say yes. Yeah. With everything else I've ever had, I have to go into the Bluetooth settings menu mm-hmm. and like, re- first off, delete off the device from when it was paired before, mm-hmm. and then re-add it and then connect to it. Yes. And I'm like, how is this not streamlined yet? I'm running Windows 11. <laughs> I have like a new pair of Sony headphones. Yeah. Why do I have to do this? Yeah. So that's um, it's a little more streamlined for me on my Mac, but not much. So, anyways, um, back to the original story. So, headphones are on the horizon for Jay Wilson. I'm just saying, if I can get my money back, I'll just get my money back and buy different headphones, I think. Because, like, the, when the internet has if no any answers, listeners, <laughs> I get upset. Like, if any listeners have advice for which headphones we should be getting, if this is an issue that other people have figured out, let us know. Yeah. Right in. Um, that would add a lot of value to our lives. Yeah, it's like, it was tough for me. I was looking for, like, a budget option first time around. But now that I know how nice it is to have noise-canceling headphones, I think I'd be willing to spring, like, 50 more dollars to get, like, really good headphones. Um, Yeah. But anyhow. You you missed the, uh, on on Prime Day, the Sony wireless noise-canceling headphones were, like, 60% off or something. I'm skeptical about those, man. (laughs) Actually... This could be a prime opportunity, Jay, because when I saw they were on sale, yeah. Sydney wanted a pair, so she got a pair. And I'm like, well, those are so dang cheap, I'm going to buy some just so I can resell them. Because yeah. I don't really want them, but if I get stuck with them, whatever. But if I sell them, I can make money. So, Jay, <laughs> if you want my pair for like $75. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll talk off the air, maybe. All right. Um, we'll see. But anyhow, Brian. <laughs> They're blue. Blue, you say? Blue. <laughs> blue, I'm in. <laughs> you didn't mention blue. <laughs> um, but Unopened. They they're still shrink wrapped, Jay. Oh boy, shrink wrap. Um, but Brian, but Brian. Um, there's gonna be a butt Brian sticker, and I am just excited to see what that entails. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm waiting for our second round of stickers. I, think, I actually need more of our yeah. first round of stickers. I still have our first round of stickers. I've been meaning them. We're getting way too distracted for beginning of the podcast. Um, yeah, we really are. But Brian. <laughs> there's gonna be a whole Brian <laughs> series. There's gonna be Butt Brian, Street Brian. Street Brian. <laughs> um, I forget. Wasn't there another Brian? I like Damp Brian. There's gotta be... <laughs> No, Street Brian had a friend. I forget who, though. I don't know. Cletus. But, uh... Drunk Brian, maybe. Yeah, Drunk Brian. Anyhow, Brian. So, what I, um... I'm gonna be very jealous if there's a series of stickers that's just you. Um, (laughs) anyhow. Um, so, coffee. I've been drinking coffee more regularly. Well, I did while I was working, you know. That's just... It happens sometimes, Mm -hmm. because there's coffee always available. And you're doing a lot of really like kind of mundane work at times. So sometimes you just drink a cup of yeah. coffee to feel alive. Um, but that's transitioned into usually when I'm back on campus, coffee's not as readily available. And so I just stopped drinking as much, but there is a very nice coffee maker at my house now. 
Ooh. So I've been using that sporadically. Also, every now and then, Crossroads has coffee on campus that's free. Are you familiar with Crossroads coffee? Yeah. Yeah, the church? Yeah. So it's a very, um, like... I'm not not familiar with their coffee, but I am familiar with the institution. Yeah, so they have coffee on campus free every now and then. And they're really, it's like a nice setup where they're very... Uh, I don't know if unpresumptuous is the word. It's like they don't try to force the fact that they're like representing a church on you. It's really they're just trying to get their name out there, I think. Or like get good association. <laughs> so you just walk up and they're just like, hey, good morning. And you're just like, morning. And then they're just like, how's it going? Like they just like have a normal conversation with you and then you take coffee and they're just like, all right, have a nice day. Like It's just like getting coffee from a coffee shop where the people are a little extra friendly. Yeah, and like there's no like, hey, like come to our service this Sunday. Or like, hey, like sign up for this or give us your email. It's like... They know you know where their church is, and they're just trying to, like, make a good impression, I guess. Um, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But then, uh, in addition to that, Brian, we've taken extra steps, because we were always very excited when Crossroads Coffee was on campus, but they always say, hey, if you like our coffee, 9 to 5 every weekday, we're open. You can come do work at our, like, facility, and we have free coffee all the time. Oh, yeah. I have done that, actually. Yeah. So I went there for the I've first time. I've studied there before. Yeah, to get coffee. And uh, I feel like we may have opened a door that won't be easily closed because it's a, it's a very beautiful like building. It's like Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And then they have coffee. Yeah. And it's right next to my house. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> prime. Yeah. So I've, I feel that I'm becoming more um, more addicted to coffee than I have in a long time. Because it's yeah. still very available. Is it? Yeah, did you say it was free when they offer it on campus? Yeah. And it's free when you study at their place? Always free. Oh, well, if you're not taking advantage of free coffee, then you're doing something wrong. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I'm only glad downside you is that when they bring it on the campus, semester. they usually have three different blends. Yeah. When they bring it on campus, though, they have three different blends, Brian. And... One of them is called Rebuilding Women's Hope. Interesting name. The Rebuilding Women's Hope blend, which I obviously go for that one every time. Um, but <laughs> I want to be part of that bandwagon. Yeah, whenever we whenever we get it, I always send a snap to the other Crossroads Coffee people and say, like, just doing my part one sip at a time, you know? Um, but, uh, but then when at the facility, all they have is the Nicaraguan blend, which is also good coffee. But... Yeah, that concludes my pre-pod story. Just basically giving an update on where my coffee journey is at. Was uh was women's hope recently shattered, and they're in the process of rebuilding it, or is it are they are they still rebuilding it from the initial great shattering? Well, of I, th- I think the early days. What it is is that um any whilst whilst drinking any other blend of coffee, you're Actively tearing down women's hope is what that is. Okay. It's like, hey guys, we got to do something about this. There's so many people drinking that just like feminine despair blend. Um, (laughs) But um, the rest of the coffee industry is actively tearing down women's hope. Yeah, yeah. So just trying to do. I'm glad you're doing your part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay. 
I did Who's Well Jay? <laughs> Does that guy get a sticker? That what a what a card that guy is. Well, now you just look desperate, man. Um. So this weekend, I did not drink any coffee, but I did run Lame. Hood to Coast. Ah. Yeah, we haven't talked. I believe all about I talked that. about last year. You did. Yeah. So maybe we don't need to talk about it at all. No in-depth coverage, but like uh, like a, a, a rose and a thorn. Maybe a brief overview um, for people who haven't heard at all about the other ones. Like, yeah. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to know about Hood to Coast. I was going to say, I do I do actually want to talk about it. Oh, jeez. Because this, <laughs> this year I had a completely different experience because I was in Van 2 instead of Van oh, 1. Oh, you don't say Van and 2. Jeez, okay. Maybe texting someone? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, Please, uh, tell me about yeah, Van 2. Yeah, so... I, I learned very quickly that van one is the cushy van where you get a lot of like comforts because so it's you start you start the race the first six people run their legs and then um, for your first break you you're able to go back your to the legs, hotel. Brian. <laughs> okay, Jay, but not often do you run six legs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So you, the first van runs their first six legs, and then they get to take their break back at the hotel. Because can you not get the image of six legs running? I'm out picturing of your head? they run their six legs, and there's just like these six legs, and there's like they let one out, and there's like all right, yeah, like and then it goes. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Well, sorry. Once they're done with that, they get to take their first break back at the hotel because you're still close. Yeah. So you go back to the hotel, you can shower, change, take a nap, mm-hmm. and then you go to the next exchange run the next six legs, and then for the second break, you have to do the sleeping bag in a field shindig. Love that. So you get so you get a little bit of rest, and then you wake up, and then run your last leg. And then Van 1 finishes all of their legs, so then they're, they have time to, the next morning, go to breakfast, and then make it to the finish to watch Van 2 finish the race. Ah. Uh. So, so you have one, you have one tough break where you have to sleep in a field. Yeah. But then you're done early and you get to eat breakfast and you're happy and comfortable by the time you get to the finish. Van two, on the other hand, has to wait all day to start running like as the sun is setting. Nice. So, so you run your first set of six legs as the sun is setting and it's getting dark, mm-hmm. and then we go to our first break. And at that point, we're too far away from the start from the hotel. In a field. So first break already, sleeping bag in a field. Yeah. Um. So at that break, we got like two hours of sleep, in a field somewhere, and then we woke up to do our second legs, and now it's the middle of the night. My second leg started at three a.m. Mm-hmm. So, doing that, um, off of two hours of sleep in the middle of the night. So that's miserable. And then we get to our second... It's a six-mile uh, leg, right? Second. Um, anywhere from four to seven. So, yeah, I guess it sounds not that bad, but when you're, like, racing that far, that kind of... Like, when you're pushing yourself as hard as you can, that's got to suck. Right. Yeah. So then we go to get to our second break spot, but by this point of the race, it's kind of, like, backed up. So they start the slow people first, mm-hmm. I think. And then the starting waves get progressively faster, so that the fast people end up catching up to the slow people. So the longer the race goes on, the more congested it gets. Mm. So due to traffic, 
it takes us our full three-hour break to get to our next exchange zone. So we all just slept in the car in traffic. Nice. As well as we could. And then get to our next exchange zone and we're like, well, time to start the hullabaloo again. Yeah. Because when you when your team is running their legs, it's like you drop off the one runner at their leg, they make the exchange, Next pers- the person who just ran gets immediately in the van, and then you drive to the next exchange. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get there, you have like maybe 20 minutes that you're waiting for the runner to come in, mm-hmm. for whoever just ran to cool down, whoever's about to run to warm up, and then you get the exchange. It's like a madhouse. Mm-hmm. And then, so you're just looking forward to this three-hour break where you don't have to do anything. Yeah. But for Van 2, that second three-hour break is basically just non-existent. Dang. And then meanwhile, our van driver doesn't get any sleep at all. Yeah. And then Van 1 is sending us pictures of they're out to breakfast while we're still finishing the race. <laughs> Those bastards. Um, so, Brian, so then, yeah. did you have any, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure we talked about this last time, but was it at all like a thing of pacing yourself on your first leg and then... Like Yeah, so I kind of treated them as three separate tempo runs. Okay. It's like doing three tempo runs in a 24-hour, or like a 12, 16-hour period, I don't really know. Yeah. Like doing three tempo workouts in a day. Okay. So, yeah, my first leg was basically all on a bike path that was slightly downhill. Mm-hmm. So that one wasn't bad. Rocked about a 540 pace, I think, for... Mm-hmm. It was a five-mile leg, I think. It's not bad. Yeah, so f- 540 pace, five miles. It's like a really um, fast 10, or 8K, actually. Like a pretty yeah, fast not too 10. bad, huh? Like, did you slip under 28? Um, I'd have to look back at my times. I think it was actually like five and a half miles. Mm. So I ended up being like 30, like low 30s. But still, yeah, pretty quick. Um, My second leg was... Six miles? 6.7 miles, I think. Mm. Yeah, 6.7. And it was a mile and a half up a steep hill. Yeah. And then the rest was down a steep hill. Mm. So once I cleared that, her, uh, crested that hill, once I crowned that hill, yeah, I was just letting loose down. So then that ended up being an average of 540 again, nice. I think, for okay. seven miles, but a lot downhill. Yeah. And then my last leg was only four miles. Mm. And... Um, I think I ended up going like 5.30 pace on that one. I was looking at my time though, and I think my pace was faster. It was like a a pretty good 5k pace that I ran for four miles. Hmm. And I was pretty proud of that. Nice. It was like 17.30 5k pace for four miles. Not bad at all. Yeah. So I was pretty pumped with my performance. I was like, I feel like I'm in really good shape and I'm just like, but I... I really just want to do a straightforward, legit race where I can, like, see where my fitness is at. Yeah. I'm excited for another two-mile time trial here pretty soon, I think. Yeah, it's nice when you can uh, get this uh, a balls-to-the-wall performance at the end of a training cycle to really see how far you've come, which mm-hmm. just really makes me excited for the pinnacle of this cross-country season that I have approaching. Yeah, yeah, you're going to bring that up? <laughs> I thought about, I, like... I thought about waiting to bring it up on the podcast, and I was like, no, that'd be a bummer. I don't want to make Brian feel bad. So then I'll just bring it up now. But in, now I'm just deciding to bring it up both times, um, <laughs> I guess. But I'm going to have to miss Nurka Nationals this year. I wonder how many running club guys who listen to the Weekly Wilson are going to find out this way. 
Maybe that's the best way to break it to the team. But uh, <laughs> on the podcast, yeah. But Brian's dumb, stupid wedding is gonna make me miss my very last Nurka Nationals race for cross country. Well, I w- I was trying to look into it. So the location you said <laughs> for the race yeah. is five hours from Wilmington, mm. and it seemed like the men's uh like the men's varsity race is at noon. Ah. So I was like, you could either. Like, leave early from the reception and then get to the place at, like, midnight and then sleep and then race. Or you could sleep in Wilmington, get up at, like, 6 yeah, and then drive there, maybe. It'd be tight regardless. It'd be, it'd it'd be, be really the tough, worst. But I'd be nerfing both experiences. Like, it wouldn't be exactly right. what I want out That's of either. True. So, I'll... But, yeah, it's, like, it, it. last night when you first realized that and told me... Yeah. It was literally killing me. I'm like, I hate so much that Jay has to make that decision. I was dude. like, Sydney, can we reschedule our wedding? Like, <laughs> dude, I was sitting here being like, ah, oh. like, because the person who would the person who would care most next after me is like you, and it might be a tie. Like, that's what sucks about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> it's, it sucks. So and it's bad. one of those things that you realize the conflict and you're like, okay, but like, what can we do? How can we make this work? And you look at it and you're just like, no, yeah, (laughs) a decision has to be made. It sucks so bad. And it's like, yeah, the decision is either doing both or just doing your wedding. Like, it's like, I can't miss your wedding. (laughs) Like, I know. (laughs) Oh man. And I hate to put you in that spot. Yeah, Like it's the, it's the pinnacle of Wilson guilt. Yeah, where I want to be like, no, it's fine, go do it. But I'm like, but I mean, it is my wedding. It's not fine, yeah. Um, But anyhow. Yeah, because then also Sydney, um, I forget. We were talking about it and Sydney's like, well, he has to come to the wedding. And I'm like, I mean, I kind of realized that, but I still also feel terrible. And then she's like, I was trying to explain to her how important it was. Because she's like, is it really that big of a deal? I'm like, and I was like, Sydney, picture having to choose between your last ever varsity volleyball match and your sister's wedding. Yeah. Like, that's a tough decision. And she's like, well, yeah, but that's different because, like, it's club. And I was like, Sydney, you don't understand. That, uh... I don't think she actually said that. (laughs) Yeah. But that was the the sentiment I was feeling. Or at least that was the comeback I expected her to make. Well, and it's like, imagine, like, you're with these, you're training with these people for, like, two hours a day for ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Five separate years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, I And then know. there's also, there's also added frustration because you miss a lot of nationals for co-ops. Yeah. When you're out of town, so that's annoying, too. Yeah, like, I think I only, um, I've only gotten two of these thus far. Yeah. Like, when you're in school for five years, you'd think, oh, I get five Nurka Nats, so it's okay to miss one. Yeah. But it's like, no, I've only gone, you're getting two out of five. And I missed miss the middle of college for COVID. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. No. Um, and but is there a, is there a track nationals these days? For yeah, Nurka? no, there will be. So it won't be my last, like, competitive thing ever. And, um. And to be honest, like. A lot of people don't go to nationals. It will be it will be fun. Um, it's an overnight meet, which is like also cool. But um, but at the end of the day, 
I think like if I can just get an, a race in like the week after, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'd probably f like, I think that getting a race at peak fitness in is maybe like 75% as important to me. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably try and do something like that. Maybe organize it, maybe get some other club guys out there. Um, but no, I mean, there, there's, there's greater tragedies in this world, yeah. I suppose. But, uh, um, yeah, I just thought I'd bring the vibe of the podcast down a little bit before we get into the, into the main subject soon. Um, yeah. can't have the, I can't believe, oh, sorry. I can't believe Nurka did not call me yeah. before they scheduled their nationals. Well, what I realized was when I was I asked Kelly for, I'm sure, like the fifth time when Scott's wedding is, um, so that I could check. And mm -hmm. she was like, October 1st. And I was like, oh, Nurka Nats is on November 12th. We're good. <laughs> and I was like, wait, shit. <laughs> wait a minute. But uh, anyhow, uh... Yeah, I just wanted to bring it down before we got onto the to the subject zone bus because you know Cletus gets an angry if we're too raucous. Yeah, um, I do have closing comments on Hood to Coast though, oh, yeah. or really overall comments because all I did was describe the race. But it okay. was it was still great experience. Um, definitely one of those big type two experiences where it's like miserable but you're with these six other people in a van and it really just like brings you all together. Misery it's like in a twenty four hour. Yeah, in a 24-hour period, you generate, like, all these inside jokes and running jokes. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the jokes was how much I love blackberries, because I'm realizing one of the best things about Portland, Jay, is just blackberries grow everywhere. Yeah, I found not a and lot I'm of like, people eat bushes off of wild plants. Yeah. And I don't know why. Like, some people are skeptical Concerns of, of death, I think, but is the primary reason. Well, yeah, but how often do you die from eating a blackberry? That's what I'm saying. And it'll, just to shoehorn in a little fun fact that I recently told one of my roommates, actually. Um, even if it's not a blackberry, you're still taking an 80% shot that it's safe to eat. Because 80% of black and blueberries are safe to eat. Wait. Oh, so you're just saying what you're eating might accidentally not be a blackberry? Yeah, that's the concern that most people have, I think. Oh, well, I know it's a blackberry. Like, what else would it for, be? For God-given fact, you know it's a blackberry, Brian? Yeah, you just look at it. I would like to just let you know that there are, like, survivalists who have died by eating the slightly wrong plant. Well, I don't know. I feel like they wouldn't just let those plants grow. <laughs> Yeah, you know, in, like uh, like hemlock, those things aren't just, like, weeds that grow. Do they look like blackberries? I don't um, even no. know what a hemlock is. No. Maybe this is illustrating the issue. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you can generally tell what, it, like, a blackberry looks like a blackberry. Like, and, I, and... That's what I'm saying. And, uh, but then, little, if you're guessing, and it's a white or red berry, only 20% of red and white berries are safe to eat, so just be careful out there, folks. Ooh. That makes me feel a little worse about the time that I ate salmon berries in Washington. Yeah, um... But those are freaking good. But I mean, like, to also rein that in a little bit, like, safe to eat, quote-unquote, 
Some berries will just make you vomit. Like, not every berry out there oh, is going to kill you. Yeah, that's another thing. Sydney asked, we planted some juniper bushes in front of our house. Yeah. And then Noel, when anytime we let Noel outside, she eats everything she sees. She yeah. just likes eating plants. So Sydney was like, oh, is juniper like poisonous for cats? And she Googled and she's like, oh, it is. Make sure Noel doesn't eat it. And I was like, really? Like juniper is poisonous to cats? And I'm like, what, what does it do to them? And she's like, oh, it makes them throw up. I was like, Sydney, Noel's going to throw up whether, whether he eats juniper or not. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I honestly have had it with cats um, being like poisoned by things. Because like, I don't mm-hmm. know, dogs, people are just like, oh, avoid chocolate, avoid this, that, and the other. They can eat their own poop and be more or less okay. Um, <laughs> cats, on the other hand, people seem like extremely concerned about. They're just like, oh, this is poisonous to cats. This is poisonous to cats. I had a roommate who's, well, one of the roommates in the house that had like 20 cats. Um, two of the cats were hers. And she said like, oh, before you burn any incense, let me check what scent it is. Because some scents are poisonous to cats. And I'm just like, if this cat can be killed by the trace amounts of incense that leave my room, go into the hallway, and come into your room, that being deserves to not live. In my opinion. <laughs> if it's that fragile, it has defied the odds for however many years it's been on this planet, and I think it should be removed. If it <laughs> if it's that bad at living amongst other matter <laughs> on this planet. It's like, I think there's more things that are poisonous to cats than are not poisonous to cats. If you, if, yeah. if I'm being honest. If it, if it can smell the wrong thing and die, yeah. <laughs> then it shouldn't be alive. Jeez. <laughs> like, oh, did that cat drink tap water? It's gonna explode. <laughs> like, <laughs> How do you think hairless cats became a thing? <laughs> Cat yeah. licked, the wrong, licked the wrong leaf and all its hair fell off. Yeah. All right, well, that's Jay's hot take of the day. So yeah. write in for your thoughts on cats and whether or not they should be alive. <laughs> um, like, the, how do barn cats survive if all those things are really poisonous is what I want to know. Well, those are, the, those are the tough cats. They they built up their immune systems. They're not a house cat. It's been literally protected from everything for its entire life. Yeah, yeah. And the other counter-argument I'll pose, just to play devil's advocate... Is I think for dogs, uh, a well-trained dog doesn't really get into stuff that it's not supposed to. I guess if you leave it at home, it's gonna do what it does. But cats yeah. can like climb on counters and like open cabinets. I feel like, and they're looking for um, mischief. Counterpoint, um, like I realize toddlers have this issue, but like cats seem smarter than toddlers. Um, don't eat poison. Like, uh, can, can you at all detect when something isn't food? Like, hey, that doesn't smell like fish. Probably shouldn't no, no. eat that. I mean, that, this smells I, like cleaning supplies. Like, I'm gonna not eat that. I don't think they know what cleaning supplies smells like, but I guess it would still burn your nose and be like, maybe I don't want to eat that. I don't, okay, I realize I'm pretty unsanitary. Are you talking about from a... Are you talking about from a toddler perspective or a cat perspective? Cat perspective. Toddlers, okay, go crazy. Eat those cleaning supplies. Um, but <laughs> not actually. I'm just saying I can understand why you do. I still want to eat t- Tide Pods. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I, if you know, I don't test things by eating them a lot. I'd say 
Mm-hmm. Like, unless I'm pretty certain it's food, I don't put it in my no. mouth. It's It's got to pass the smell test first. Well, to be fair, a lot of things smell good. Yeah, like soaps. Or dry. Detergents yeah. usually smell good. Anyhow, we're getting like, off, we're getting off track or off cat, should I say? Um, do you wanna <laughs> do you wanna hop on the subject zone bus while it's still here? I suppose. All right. I guess there wasn't anything else I wanted to say about Hood to Coast. <laughs> well, Brian, you really gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel when you're trying to get a subject in in the pre-subject zone. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> It was technically on the road, so you can bring it up in the road trip segment. Ah, the bus is going away! (laughs) You know what? Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the subject this week is road trips and hood to coast is in its own right a sort of road trip yeah but uh, aside from hood to coast do you want to just take the listeners on a sort of historical journey of the road trips we've experienced yeah yeah so we're talking about road trips this week mainly because jay recently went on a road trip and we have been on a handful of road trips so we were like let's talk about road trips share a little bit of our knowledge and experience with the world yeah so the knowledge pool that we're drawing on, I'd say, first and foremost, that, and I'd still say probably the most significant road trip of our career, mm-hmm. was the cross-country Florida. road trip we went on. Huh? Driving to Florida. Okay, I guess those were our first road trips. <laughs> I don't really count those. Yeah, because the goal <laughs> we too- wasn't the trip, wasn't the road part for that trip. Yeah. But it was a long-haul yeah. drive, which I think... I think early in life being exposed to those long haul drives made us more open to going on a trip that's based in long stretches of driving. Right. So yeah, early on we would drive to Florida once a year. Mm-hmm. And then the the main event of our road trip career was Jay, Dad, and I going on our cross country road trip. So we made a big loop around the United States. Yeah. Went across the north from east to west. Then cut down, mm-hmm. and then back across west to east on the southern, more on a more southern route. Yeah, but that was like a fourteen-day trip, right? It was so much like a fourteen-day trip, Brian, that it actually was a fourteen-day trip. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our main one, and then the other one I can think of is when you flew out to Berkeley, and yeah. we road trip from Berkeley to Idaho Falls. We cut up along the coast to Washington, and yep. then across over to Idaho. Yeah, so that was another good one. I'd say that one while shorter, was probably more intense road tripping because we camped almost every night. Right. And then, for me personally, I know Ryan and I road tripped from Ohio to Texas when I had an internship there. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't make as significant of stops during that road trip, but it was a three-day drive. Yeah. We broke it up intentionally to make it a three-day drive and stopped in some cool places. And then Ted road tripped out to Berkeley with me mm-hmm. when I had my internship there. So we like stopped in Colorado and skied. We went to Arches National Park, I think. We made some good stops there too. Yeah. And that is my road trip experience. I know for you personally, you have your one with Kelly under your belt now. 
I don't know if there's any other road trips that you've been on without me. Um, you know, Noah, well, Noah and I, um, no, just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any other distinct road trip experiences. Um, yeah, I'd say everything else is pretty much just summed up in, uh, those long drives going to a place where it's like 12 hour drive or so. And a lot of people mm -hmm. might fly, but then we're just bred in the culture that's, ah, oh, well, let's just, let's just pack it into the car and hit the road. Um, All right. and right on cue, there is another earth moving machine outside of my window. <laughs> Perfect. There's a lot of things I'll do to All preserve right. the audio of this podcast, but removing my AC unit to close a window is not one of them. Um, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> So it sounds to me like you're lumping in long haul, just long haul drives with this road trip discussion. I think, I think they're of note. I don't think it's... Okay. Like, I think it's like a foundational, like, skill set mm -hmm. that you then take into road trips. Because, you, yeah, you take different approaches to a long haul drive versus a road trip. There's different goals, different preparations. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think most of... The experience we'll be drawing on then is from our cross-country road trip with dad and our Pacific Northwest road trip. Those are the yeah. big ones we've done together. Yeah. But what do you... So... Yeah. I was going to say, what do you think a road trip... Like, what... what? How does it rank to, like, regular trips for you? And what are some of the, like, things you think that you can only get in a road trip? Yeah. So I think the first thing to identify is the fact that we've talked about the difference between a trip and a vacation pretty often. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's called a road trip. It's not called a road vacation. No, it's, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's an accurate name because you're, there are things you want to do and you're going to do those things and there's not much rest. Yeah. But being in the car is kind of like rest, but it's also kind of taxing in its own way. Yeah. I think so I'd say it's closer to a trip than a vacation. Yeah. That being said, in my road trip experience, I feel that vacation days during a road trip make a better road trip. Interesting. I've never considered that. Yeah. So like staying multiple days in one location. Well, I think I think you at the very least you need to vary um what's going on. Um so that you have very, very low mileage days. Okay. Like so like one day might be drive to a beach, stay at the beach all day, and then drive to where we're going to stay that night? You know, Brian, that sounds just like day one of my road trip. And I would say yes, that's exactly what I meant. So you, so you opened the trip with a vacation day. Yeah, and you know what? I needed one. And I think it was, uh, I think it was a good idea. Just because, one, I had had a cross-country flight the day before. And two... We hadn't seen each other in a long time. So, like, given... For various reasons, I think it's good to have, like, vacation days during a road trip. Um, yeah, that's that's all I, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> okay. Well, you're already blowing my mind, because I've never done that and never considered it. But it does sound like it could make the whole experience a lot more enjoyable. There were quite a few game changers in the road trip with Kelly. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Kelly changed the game. Yep. She doesn't like road trips. 
I don't think she dislikes road maybe trips. But <laughs> she was. I was gonna say if she doesn't like road trips. Maybe that's why you guys made it a road vacation instead. Maybe, but uh, but aside from just facilitating road trips being easier, in terms of like things that I think that you get from a road trip that you can't get from other vacations, um, I think it's interesting just to like see the land change. Um. Yeah, that's one of those things you can't, I can never really appreciate of the slow transition. It's more of a, you weren't paying attention for a while, and then suddenly, like, you're driving through mountains, and then you're like, remember three hours ago when we were driving through fields? Yeah. Like, when did this happen? <laughs> well, like, the foliage changes, and, like, then when some days, yeah. when you're driving nine hours or ten hours, there will be a big change from the morning to the evening. I think it's like, you, yeah, it's it's not so much you see it happen, but you can be like, hey... We woke up in Nevada and we're going to sleep in Wisconsin. Like, like that's kind of yeah, cool. Um, that can be cool. Or but, if you're somewhere like the Badlands, it's cool when you're just driving in planes forever and then suddenly you're like, "Whoa, what happened here?" Yeah, you get you get an approach to everything. It's not just like yeah, air dropping into some place. Um, but that's kind of a lame pro. I think um a big pro of road trips is you have a car. Yeah. On a normal vacation, you don't. A lot of times you don't these days. Um, yeah. But I think that's definitely worth mentioning. It's like you're more mobile. Uh-huh. And your um, car is your home base. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just kind of rapid firing thoughts that i'm having do you have do you need to get a word in sideways i could do this all yeah, day i think my i think my main thing so i think a, am gonna say off the top of my head that i think a road trip is superior to a like a destination trip okay depend i guess it kind of depends on the destination but if you go on a destination trip it's like we're going to this one place and we're going to try to do all of the best things they have to offer mm-hmm so you have to go somewhere with a high density of things to do. And then I think it can be good. But with a road trip, you're just like... We have like a much larger pool of options for things to do. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could argue that like all of the central United States have an equal number of cool things to do as like New York City. Hmm. So... There's the same amount of cool things to do, just in New York City, they're in one place, and in central the in the central United States, you have to do a, ro- a road trip to cover all of them. Yeah. But, I don't know, I just feel like when you're covering a larger area, then there's more high-end cool things to do. Yeah, it's like if you did the coolest like, thing like from, in, like, eight states in the middle of America, they're probably cooler than, like, I don't know. That might be an odd comparison to make. It is very different. I know things. it's it's tough to say, but if you think about it, it's like the road trip we went on with Dad. We had Grand Canyon, like Beartooth Mountains, Las Vegas, bad like all of these black yeah hills. Badlands, Mount Rushmore, like all Mount of these Rushmore like should be taken off the list. <laughs> yep, <laughs> super underwhelming, but we still saw it. But it's like you have all these like national top tier things you have to do have Mm -hmm. to see and we were able to cover all of them in one quote-unquote trip 
where it's like if you go to New York, you're hitting like the top items, I guess, like Empire State Building, I don't know, Statue of Liberty. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely that list there too, but I feel like the depth isn't as deep. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. New York City, I'm sure, has like a lot to offer. I'd imagine. And if you did a, f- but I think a 14 day trip there would be like, all right, now what do we do? I don't know. Yeah. It would also probably be a lot more expensive. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And I guess I don't know. Maybe like a trip being long. Like. That's the thing is I'm trying to I'm trying to consider why road trips are often like oh we went on a two week road trip or we went on a month long road trip. Kelly's family when she was like just a wee little baby went on a month long road trip. That's a long road trip. Yeah, um, you got to have some vacation days in there on that road trip. I believe they had a camper. Okay, that helps. Um, I believe so, but yeah, so. For those kinds of things, I think a road trip is just long out of necessity in terms of there's a lot of travel and you want to see a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fact that it's so long and it's a high investment, high reward type of thing where it's, yes, you're traveling, you're probably driving. On a 14-day road trip, you probably have like a solid drive time of like six days or like five days mm-hmm. i don't know depending on how much ground you're covering i suppose it, it varies but by nature of a road trip a lot of the trip is just is just like with you and your and your crew a lot of the trip isn't yeah external things it's like you're in the car you're looking out but then it's like a there's a lot of communing going on with whoever is along the trip with you. And I think that might be a part of what makes it nostalgic and a thing that you don't necessarily get with like traditional vacations or trips, because even if we go on a trip to, um, say like our trip, we took to the Southwest. That was kind of road trippy Mm -hmm. and like a little bit of like camping, which I think gives you some of it. But nothing quite gives you the inescapable company of your comrades like a road trip does. Because you're just packed in a car for like half of it or more. And then when you're not packed in the car, you're doing something with everybody. And then you get back in the car. And I think that breeds a certain dynamic that's hard to come by in regular trips. Because you can like separate yourself and get time away. And like... yeah. Have a have a reprieve from the vacation or trip, whereas the road trip you're uh, you're in it for better or worse, and you gotta just stick yeah. to it. That's what, exactly. I wasn't sure if uh, we were leaning towards that as a pro or a con, because originally I thought of it as a pro, because it does it makes it it brings everyone closer. It's more about the people. Yeah, because you're always with them, and you can distract yourself on your phone or reading a book or whatever. But yeah. you can only do that for so long. When you're driving like six, eight hours a day, you get to the point where everyone just stops and is looking out the window, and then you just start chatting about something, and it like inevitably happens that you just start talking about stuff, and then you have these conversations. Um, inside jokes happen inevitably. Yeah, whether it's based on like the radio or 
I don't know, something you see, something someone says, I don't know, yeah. you come up with these random things. And that's what, I think that's one of the, like, biggest building blocks in forming a relationship or forming a friendship. Time exposure. Is, yeah, time exposure. Just having having those inside jokes, those little quirks, those yeah. little, you kind of get an idea of what you can poke people about. Yeah. And, like, is they're okay with. Um, yeah, maybe we should just call it a prawn. A prawn? <laughs> yes. Which is what I, I've come to discover. Similar to shrimp, but not quite shrimp. <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought it was some sort of food or, like, a fish-related thing. I'm glad you asked, Brian. It's actually a sea crustacean that is, while similar to shrimp, not quite shrimp. Um, slightly sweeter and meatier than shrimp. Yeah, that sounds pretty pretty accurate. Yes, um, and prawns are mostly freshwater, Brian. Really? They're also larger, um, and they're from different sub-orders, but I would imagine the same order. Um, branching gills instead of plate-like gills, and their body is okay. straight as opposed to the, uh, the classic curved feature of a shrimp. Good to know. So road trips have a new mascot, and they are prawns. <laughs> um, <laughs> the road trip yeah. prawn, um, but uh, yeah. So I think obviously I think a road trip with the wrong people is worse than a a, a vacation or regular trip with the wrong people. But I think a road trip yeah. with the right people is better. That's the other thing I was gonna say is high risk, depending high on who you're. <laughs> who you're on the trip with it's like if someone gets upset about something or annoyed with something mm -hmm. odds are everyone is dealing with that same thing so you making it a problem kind of makes you in it like like you are the problem the target <laughs> yeah like if uh i don't know if their conditioning isn't working it's like if one person is like everyone's obviously upset about it but if one person's but, like angrily upset Right. You kind of all have to be upset together. And you're like, yeah, this sucks, doesn't it? Yes, it sucks for all of us. But so yeah, if one person gets angry, then that person probably shouldn't be on a road trip. I don't know. Yeah. Do you feel like you're better at dealing with specifically AC going out in situations because you were a lifeguard? Or are you too far away from that? Uh, I think I'm okay with AC going out in situations because I've been driving the Mercedes for three years. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Wilmington. It helps. Do you know having... how miserable running errands is for me? <laughs> I sweat profusely every time I run errands. It uh, It is rather... Well, the AC doesn't not work. You just can't control where it goes, right? It doesn't work now. Well, okay. it well, works to a point. If it's over 80, then the air conditioning is not powerful enough to overcome the heat. Yeah. Well, what I was just going to say was, um, I think that, well, when I get into situations where the AC doesn't work, one, I think that having driven cars without AC in my youth helps. But then secondly, mm -hmm. I was like, well, for several summers, my job was to just sit in a chair and be a little too warm. So <laughs> yeah. like I, I could roll with this That's and then I just, I just go into the zone and I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm a little mm -hmm. too hot, but you know, humans yeah. thrive on sweating. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, one of our greatest things we've learned how to do. Yeah. Um, Which what was I, I going to say? I, if I may tangent a little further, Brian, I've had to do a lot of research on robots lately for my intro to robots class. And um, okay. the first assignment is several questions, four of which require a single page of writing. 
single space. Nice. So I'm writing four single space pages for four of the seven questions. Um, which is, Sounds like college. It's really dumb, not going to lie. Um, but I have to write about some advanced robots. And one of the most advanced robots on one of the videos, quote unquote, most advanced, it was on some list that some person made a video about. Um, it was this robot that had like a thou like a, a bunch of motors and all the motors made it like really, really hot. So then the person designed a system for it to sweat. It was like basically just like it was boiling water and recirculating it and stuff. Um, really? Yeah. So it basically just had it like it, it, it had a heat exchanger essentially. Yeah. Um, like it was a water cooled system. Yeah. But, uh, but Brian, but Brian, um, it said it sweating allows it to do push-ups for 10 minutes straight without overheating. And they didn't show it doing anything other than push-ups. Like it just did push-ups. Um, <laughs> I was like, great. So you made a robot that can do push-ups and sweat. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, if it's sweating, they're like, it's not overheating. I'm like, it looks pretty hot to me. It's sweating. Yeah, it's doing push-ups. So nice. Like, I, I don't know what it wants. Like people, people already do push-ups and sweat. Yeah. But now we can get a robot to do it for us. Um, I mean, obviously far more uh, intricate than anything I could have made, but like, I argue that me doing nothing has about the same contribution. Um, <laughs> um, but anyhow, so... <laughs> wow, you worked really hard on that, and it's really cool, but I think me doing nothing has made an equal contribution to society. Yeah, like, you could have like learned guitar or something, dude. Like, I don't know, like... What... <laughs> but uh, anyhow... Oh, you could have like sorted coins. I don't, like what? Um, any anyhow, Brian. Um, How do we get onto that tangent? Because I think I had something else to say. Sweating. Sweating. Oh car. yeah. I think it's funny how a lot of times, since we're from the Midwest, Ohio, terrible winters, people are like, "Oh, you're used to the cold," but then also, I think we're pretty used to the hot. Yeah, the humid summers. Where we're from. Which, we're, I guess we're not quite conditioned for, like, the Alabama and the North Carolina humid, hot there's summers. De there's definitely worse summers, to be found, yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm adjusted to that now, so I feel like I got some crazy range going on here. Well, I would like to point out, I had a friend who was working in Arizona. Um, uh -huh. Or New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico, I think. I'm watching Breaking Bad, and also he worked at Sandia National Lab, so, like, I don't know which is in Albuquerque. Or if both are in Albuquerque. <laughs> um, but he was in a dry, arid, like, desert place that was mm -hmm. hot over the summer. And he said that he's still sweating buckets and kind of miserable now that he moved back to Ohio because he's not used to humidity. So I think uh, oh, yeah. different strokes for different folks. But. For sure. Brian. Um, road trips. Yeah, anything else about them we need to bring up? I feel like, based on... Okay, so we've talked about vacation days, mm -hmm. and I think last week we talked about the cooler and how much of a game changer that was. Yeah. Are there any other small things you can do in a road trip to make it more enjoyable throughout? Small technical things, just like life hacks, quick tips? Because um, I know snacks are important. you yeah. got to have the right snacks. And you also have to... Um, you gotta know when to get a real meal, also. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is dependent on the people and their tolerance for snacks being their only food. I have a high snack tolerance. Mm-hmm. I would argue that snacking is one of the leading factors that probably makes road trips unsustainable because snacking makes you feel bad. So then if you just snack yeah. too much, then you just like don't eat a good meal. Your digestion gets messed up. I get poop shy on trips like that sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But Sydney and I call that whole experience travel belly. Mm-hmm. Like after a long day of flying or a long day of driving, you're like, I don't feel great. I just have travel belly. Yeah, I suppose. Um... Like, is it possible to avoid? I feel like what makes me feel like crap is just sitting in the car and not moving. I think if I, like, ate a good sandwich and, like, a lunch and then also, like, got a run in that day. Like, I think the thing, I don't think the car, the addition of car is what makes it bad. I think that the subtraction of normal life is what makes you, like, messed up. Yeah, that's true. So like if I hit my normal waypoints on that, because I the fact remains that we we as humans still sit most of the day. Yeah, that's true. So I think though, I think I might be better off on a road trip just trying to not eat anything, just mm-hmm. cleansing the system. Yeah, I think not snacking at all, and just waiting for the meals, could be a, a helpful thing. Um, yeah, I think it's better to try to eat out of necessity rather than eating out of boredom. I think eating out of boredom on a road trip is where you run into trouble. That is troublesome, especially if you find yourself bewitched by Madame Takis. Because um, <laughs> those things are covered in essentially powdered stomach acid, which for some reason I find appetizing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, eating... I guess That's why I was real psyched about the pickled quail eggs as a car snack, Brian. Um, yeah, because I still feel like that falls in the bucket of not great car snack foods. Eggs, or like body, foods that make you feel worse rather than better. Brian, my body is so finely tuned to consume eggs <laughs> that I think it breathed life into me late in the trip or in the middle of the trip. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking, I was like, I was so hyped when I made that decision because it was. The thought of, oh man, I'm finally going to get to try these pickled quail eggs. And then secondly was, I haven't had eggs in so long. This is going to be like nutritious and fill me up. And I'm, I'm going to feel good about this decision. Um, now drinking spicy vinegar or pickling liquid. Questionable whether or not that was a good call. I did it anyway. Um, but where was I going? Car snacks. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was just gonna ask what are what are some of the like parts that you absolutely think are not like completely unredeemable about a road trip? I'd say bathroom availability is one. <laughs> bathroom availability hurts. Um I think just the amount of driving period. Like driving is not like having to be the one driving. Yeah. I think no one wants to be that person, and that's, like, I know it's a very crucial, necessary part of a road trip, but it's also one of the worst things about it. I don't mind the driving. I think it's, I think a a dull task to occupy most of my attention is soothing to me. It's like when you put a dog in a crate. It's like, (laughs) my mind doesn't have to wander as far as it normally can, because I'm focused on driving. I guess that's fair. 
Um, yeah, so driving Jay is largely a happy Jay. And then when you're driving, you automatically get leg room. Usually you have, uh, you have a standing, uh, claim to aux privileges. It's like people feel indebted to you when you're driving, I think is, (laughs) which if you don't really mind driving, I think it's a, it's a power position in the road trip, uh, crew. Yeah, well, you bring up another point to discuss for road trips, which is the use of the radio. Mm-hmm. Are you playing music the whole time? Do you play it some of the time? Do you do a podcast, music? Uh, we, you know, we, Kelly and I, on this most recent road trip, cycled through music, podcast, and silence. Okay. I think all have their redeeming factors. I think silence on a road trip needs to be more explored more commonly by folks. That's the, most long drives I go on with anyone these days. The radio's off. Yeah. Um, and I think on a long road trip, listening to music at medium volume for a long period of time is the road trip killer because it, one, kills conversation, two, you can only listen to so much music. Um, but on this most recent road trip, I did get a taste for how dad can absolutely care 0% about what is on the radio. Yeah. Because I just got in a zone where I was just driving, something was on, I didn't care. Like, <laughs> I, was, I, was just listen, I was just driving. <laughs> you had elevated past any yeah. opinion of what's going on around you. Like, and then I was just like, maybe, has dad just evolved several layers past this to where when you and I are trying to, like, I don't know, it's not, the choreograph isn't the word, but like, coordinate singing acapella a song about like breakfast food making breakfast yeah um and we just ask him if we're being annoying and he says what like it's i <laughs> it's i really think driving is just soothing like i become imper- able to i become impervious dad to like outside to factors th- dad is able to throw his consciousness into another dimension yeah. while his body performs the necessary motor skills to maintain life yeah, it's like, I feel like you just go into Dad's mind and he's just, like, skipping stones on a still pond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think radio off is the best for, uh... cultivating a memorable atmosphere for yeah. a road trip. Because then, then you get the people interacting, you play games, you talk, whatever. But on the other hand... The music can also be memorable itself, because on our cross-country road trip, we had road trip radio, obviously. Oh, yeah. Road and then we also radio! had... <laughs> we also had, um, anytime I plugged in my phone, it would play Act My Age, because that was yeah. the first song alphabetically on my iPod, Kelly, iPod at the time? Kelly's, phone? I don't know. It was phone. Kelly's song for that is Agua Benedita, I think is what it's called. Nice. Um, and Instant Rage, when that song comes on. Um, and then what's really nice is then when that'll come on and then I queue up Agua Benedita for like the fifth song, (laughs) but, um, so yeah, but now we became intimately familiar with and now have a visceral reaction to the beginning of either act my age or also hot for teacher. Yes. Um, um, and then for, for the hood to coast trip, uh, part, like it started out with, Oh, what music do you guys want to listen to? I'm like, Oh, throw on like the rock mix from Spotify. Like I see that's on your homepage. We'll just do that. But then eventually it led to 
um, someone asks, like, okay, on the next leg, think of what artist you want to be playing for when you get back in the car, and we'll play music you want right when you finish your leg, which is cool. But then I was like, guys, let's just make a shared Spotify playlist and, like, add stuff to it. And I think... If there were 50 songs on the playlist, I think I added 40 of them. I've, I find boy, did I that. select an eclectic range of music. Yeah. I went from uh, Young Gravy to Elton John, but not actual Elton John. It was actually the the Sing cover from the movie where the gorilla is singing Elton John. Classic. Um, <laughs> to the Pokemon theme song, to Moana. Any 8-bit big band on there? <laughs> Oh no, no eight big big band. But we did. We added in some like Lake Street Dive. I introduced the car to Sammy Ray. That was a big hit. Classic. Sammy but Ray yeah, is a pretty, just, pretty big crowd pleaser. Just we, crazy. We need to range. see her live while she's still not that popular. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, but yeah, so but... music music can definitely add to it. So then yeah, so then <laughs> Van 2's Spotify playlist was one of the things of the trip then. Was like it was a thing that like oh there's the Pokemon theme song again gotta skip that one because <laughs> the first time it came on it was like they were they it was towards the end there was like some guitar solo going on <laughs> and then someone goes is this the Pokemon theme song and I go yeah most people don't know there's three verses <laughs> <laughs> most people don't know that it's actually ten minutes long yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, I heard it, and then I was looking at the timer on the screen, and I was like, there's no way this can be that long. But, like, yeah. nobody talked about it. <laughs> yeah, so, Brian, I discovered in in getting to be the adjudicator of the radio, is that, I don't know if that's a good use of adjudicator, um, I at one point thought, you know, it'd be fun to, like, put on an album. I've been meaning to listen to more uh, John Mayer. <laughs> So then I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to put on his newest album. <laughs> and then approximately five songs into the album, <laughs> Kelly's had enough. <laughs> and she says, can we listen to anything but John Mayer? <laughs> and I say, oh, but I, was just, I just figured I'd throw on the album. She said, yeah, I don't like listening to albums. <laughs> And I was like, what? And I said, how are you going to experience it the way the artist intended? She's just like, she says, every time I listen to an album, I just feel like they, most all their songs sound kind of similar. And then I'm just like, oh, Kelly, you got, but like, what? what's your, we're kind of branching off into albums versus listening to piecemeal songs here. But uh -huh. I, I discovered that Kelly can't stand sitting down and listening to an album, which was something new. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Learning about your fellow road trip mate. Yeah. You learn a lot of things, like how sometimes, like what kind of road snacks they like, or how they hate the way you breathe. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is derivative from a tweet I saw once. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, how do you feel? Because <laughs> I like actually like like getting a getting an artist experience in an album <laughs> sometimes. I used to be really big on albums. I'm not as big on it anymore. Yeah, but I mean, but, Silk Sonic—you gotta listen to that all through, all the way through. Yeah, and I think there's artists who—I don't know. Like, I think the way I listen to music most often is I'll say, "Play this artist." So mm -hmm. maybe that gives me a little more resilience to an album. But I will give it to Kelly. John Mayer does have a a slightly narrower band of sounds than. Um, I feel the same way about Jack Johnson. 
Jack Johnson's another tough one to listen to a whole album for. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, like if you're listening to a to a Silk Sonic, or like mm-hmm. a, 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 a B.O.B. Haven't partaken of B.O.B. in some years, Brian. Um, yeah. <laughs> Me neither, but I still remember his album is one of my favorite ones to listen to. Really? Okay. Underground Luxury. Underground Luxury is one of my favorite albums to listen to. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the radio is a pretty divisive character in in the road mm-hmm. trip. Um, you and I, we had a stretch. That first year I was in Cincinnati, we would commonly drive three hours, three and a half, both ways, to and from home. Uh-huh. And we went on a long streak of not listening to any radio as a rule. Yeah. So, I always thought that was. Nice. I don't know if that uh, was that born on purpose or did it just kind of happen. We we verbalized it at one point, I think. Okay. Because I feel like I also remember listening to the Hamilton soundtrack. That happened as well. Um, I will say one thing that I explored on this road trip that I'm not sure I've done elsewhere is you listen to a podcast that you think has interesting talking points or like if there's a podcast where you're interested on the subject, I think listening to a podcast and being um, open to pausing and talking about what they're talking about. I think that's really I like fun. that. I love doing that, but I don't know how much Sydney likes podcasts. I guess that was way in the past. I think she's been more turned on to podcasts lately. Yeah. And I love the listening to a podcast and pausing it as you go. Yeah. I think that's a great use of the radio as well. But overarching themes, um, I think that I really do appreciate just how much time a road trip gives you. Where it's, it's time when there's nothing else you could possibly do. Like, mm-hmm. and I, cause I don't know, a lot of times I just feel like I wish I had more time. I wish I had like, just things could be like slowed down or paused or like, I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of the dad energy where I want like everyone to just sit down and like look at each other for a little while. Um, uh-huh. and a road trip kind of forces you to do that. And I really think there's some things that only come up when you're like with somebody for like hours. Or like, yeah, for sure. Just sitting there doing nothing. Um, it gets you into the state of mind where you're looking out the window and your mind is just wandering and you have an interesting thought and then you can just feel that interesting thought immediately. Yeah. Or it, it really, really gives just, people an, ins- yeah. an inside look to where your mind goes and how your mind works. And sometimes people will be like, What? Sometimes people will think you're really weird for it, but hey, we're on a road trip together. This is what we're here for. Yeah, and sometimes you just are, it's revealed whatever deep-seated animosities you have for John Mayer. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know, I think, I think the time, the, to- the time exposure is definitely the biggest, biggest factor, I think contributes to a good a good road trip mm-hmm. all right so then i think to bring it all together in summary what we just said so the time exposure to the people you're with is the thing that makes a road trip unique and potentially better than a normal vacation could be worse depending on who you're with or what your goals are but that's kind of the main thing that sets road trips apart from other trips yeah. um food 
can make or, can make or break how you feel during the trip. Fasting might be a good approach. Maybe healthy snacks is a good idea, but just beware of what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Don't eat out of boredom. Yeah. And then the radio can also be a tool to amplify or detract the experience in general. You got to make sure you're using it right. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, sorry. I know you just summarized everything, but rapid fire, do you want to go through like road trip etiquette? Like just do's and don'ts? Hmm. Okay. I'll say my first one. Shotgun, not not a sleeping position. I think whoever's oh, in shotgun. not allowed to sleep if I you're in whoever, shotgun? Whoever's in shotgun is obligated to stay awake. Okay. It, for for any purpose, is it to, to to keep the driver engaged? Keep the driver engaged. Keep the driver entertained. Make the driver feel like they're not alone. Uh, maintain in the, world. the radio. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a I, good one. And like, yeah, and their job is to sort of facilitate the driver having as little few distractions as possible. I even I took it upon myself since I'm such an advanced road tripper to anytime Kelly needed a beverage. I'm I'm on cap duty, Brian. She gets an open and ready to drink vessel, and then I receive the recently drank from vessel. She, driver's okay, not messing yeah. with caps, Brian. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, passenger whoever's in the passenger seat is responsible for the driver's caps. I also took it upon myself to try every single drink, whether whether it was water or like a, a caffeinated beverage. You know, got it. Can't have the driver being poisoned. Um, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the shotgun there, it's like, it's the, it's the shoot, it's the, it's the shoe chef, the sous chef of the, of the uh-huh. car, um, backseat optional sleeper, um, yeah, op- oftentimes trunk duty. Um, what about a phone charging etiquette? Who get, how do you rotate the charger? Uh, whoever dir- has lowest battery gets claim directions, gets priority, uh, whilst below half battery i think okay but then past that lowest battery gets priority i think so um windows up above 50 miles an hour yeah down below 35 does everyone get does everyone get domain over their individual window or is it a, a unanimous group decision for any window I think if you're in a car, there's no way that any sane human would ever get complete domain over their own window because one window down is one of the most hellish experiences I think I've ever had. Um, yeah. Well, then it, it then it's just kind of like a, a Game of Thrones where if you're like, well, they if they have their window down, I'm going to take the hit and put my window down so we don't have to deal with the helicopter noises. Um. Well... So that puts you in a weird position, Brian, where you either put one window down as a feeler and then immediately have to shamefully roll it back up if nobody takes the bait. Um, or you just say, windows down? Question mark? And um, Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I feel about that either. I think that you really got, yeah, you just got to be open and honest communication in that, in that regard. The only time with yeah, one window think- down, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's a big advocate for yourself, make the decision as a group kind of thing. Yeah, which I have been on road trips, or not road trips, but long drives, like 30-minute drives, 
70 miles an hour, windows down the whole time. It was terrible. I don't know why people do that. Yeah. Um, but before you go on, um, I was going to say that there is an exception to the one window rule, and that is when vacuuming flatulence out of the vehicle. Ah, yes. That is another courtesy thing. You gotta call. You gotta claim your own toots in a car. Yeah, and then release them at your earliest possibility. I yeah. Well, and I'm gonna say that I don't think you should necessarily be obligated to hold in flatulence on a road trip. Well, it's gonna make your travel belly ten times. Yeah, worse. an eight-hour road trip. You're not gonna get through that without tooting. No, like not a chance. I mean, I've made it through entire dates without farting when I want to, but even then, it's like I have to like lay on the ground after the date. <laughs> if I'm particularly gassy, <laughs> yeah. it's like you need, like you're just recovering from that for an hour. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think windows are good enough at vacuuming out that you should just let them let them ride, claim it. Hmm. You mm-hmm. don't even have to claim it when you lower the window and then raise it back up ten seconds later. Without explanation, people know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's another that's another courtesy thing I'd say. Mm-hmm. I will say too. I mentioned advocating for yourself, and I feel like that's just extremely important in all aspects mm-hmm. of a road trip. Because, yeah, as far as like where you stop, when you stop, what you're doing when you stop, mm-hmm. um, all of that. I know people who have gone on road trips, and at the end of the road trip, they'll complain to one person or some other person about how miserable they were the whole time and it's like well nobody knew you were miserable you didn't say anything we could have stopped we could have gotten yeah. you more food we could have gotten you a coffee like whatever that's a lot you got to be willing to say <laughs> you you need to be able to say what you want and also communicate how urgently you want it yeah like what i try to do personally here another etiquette thing is i say Hey, I kind of have to go to the bathroom. I can probably hold it for an hour. Yeah. Like, you gotta give that lead time so that people can say, okay, stopping for... that We have one one reason to stop on the list, mm-hmm. and we have an hour until it becomes urgent. Yeah. So then it's like, later if someone's like, hey, I kind of have to go to the bathroom now, too. And then it's like, okay, well, the gas is at a quarter tank. So it's like, we, we're get None of them are urgent, but we have enough reasons to make a worthwhile stop. Yeah, I'd say, I think we talked about this recently, I think my ability to not pee has just profound, profoundly developed. Like, yeah, I I can outlast anyone, I'd say. Or, I can outlast, you... in a car, I'd say the odds that I can hold it until the other person has to go yeah. is, is very high. So if we had national championships of not peeing, you think you could you could make a run for it? I don't know about that, but I just like if I need to not go to the bathroom, State champ. I think my body understands. Like <laughs> and it's just like, oh, we're not gonna pee for a while. Could you be state champ and not peeing? I doubt that even. I, I Brian, I'm so far past thinking that I'd be like state champ at anything. Um <laughs> <laughs> Best I could hope for is like current 400 meter radius champ like i think is the best i could hope for for most things that's fair um but 
Yeah, I think like actively playing defense against your bladder is also a pretty good road trip courtesy. Like you got to keep your head on a swivel with that and take every opportunity you can to urinate. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all the things that come to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Don't leave trash in the car. I think that's like a normal car thing, but like especially important during road trips. Like you also got to constantly oh, yeah. be playing defense against trash. Mm-hmm. Keep track of your own trash. If you're stopped and you think of it, gather up any other trash you see. Yeah. A, tr- a trash bag, I think, is a, a great thing to have. We talked about the cooler for food, but I think mm-hmm. a designated plastic bag for trash is also... Yeah. Can also be a game changer. I also think Make it's worthwhile... the time in the car much more enjoyable. I think it's worthwhile to try to keep the footwells clear. I think that provides a modicum of comfort that is very easily uh, eschewed by a lot of people. Yeah. I think the passenger seat footwell, though, has to be storage space. I of hate some that. Sort. Kelly and I discussed it. Like, we had, like, a car that was full of stuff. So, like, the whole back half is full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Vehicles have trunks and additional seats and plenty of spaces to store things. I and just, like, having stuff in the way of your feet, it makes me uncomfortable. Not, like, necessarily well, it physically, does, it does, but, like, internally. It doesn't have to be in the way of your feet. It can be, like, under your knees. I hate that, still. And it's also, it's a storage space that is the most easily accessible for the passenger and the driver. I'm not saying nothing can be stored there. I'm saying if you're driving for eight hours, you should have a permanent storage technique that isn't the footwell. I like to have the food bag or the small food box, not a cooler. But, like, some snacks available in the footwell of the passenger seat. I'd argue that makes you easy prey for the eating whilst bored uh, pitfall. That, that is true. Then you just gotta exercise willpower. I think behind the driver is a good spot for the food. Unless you have mm, a full car, in which case it goes then center console, in which unless it's very full, in which case it then goes probably footwell or trunk. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, Brian. Yeah, write in and let us know where you keep the food in the car. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh jeez. This is a big yawn. Yeah, that was a big one. I could have I could have held that one out if I wanted to. Um. But here, let me type in Twitter.com because I'm an ancient man um, to see if uh if we have any notifications on the Weekly Wilson page. Uh, I got a notification that Alex followed Justin. Thanks, Twitter. (laughs) That's really good to know. Twitter needs to get their shit together with the alerts they give you. Like, oh, some random person liked some random tweet? Why do you think I care? Yeah. We talked about, um, Musso's, um, pet peeve, right? About small talk? I think so. Yeah. Big small talk guy. I think I still I think I still feel for small talk. But um anyhow, Brian. I'm good to wrap it up if you are. Uh I don't think we have any Instagram uh notifications, but now I've uh no emails. No, I've candidly though mentioned every single way you yes, I'm talking to you right there with those chapped lips. Don't try and lick them now. I already know. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you're evil. <laughs> um, yeah, you with the chapped lips. <laughs> you can write. You can talk to the podcast if you so desire. Um, you can email us at weeklywilsonpod at gmail.com. That's definitely the like most consistent way to reach us. Um, if you have a shorter thought, though, you can message us on Twitter at weeklywilsonpod or Instagram at weeklywilsonpod. But yeah, uh, seriously, if you have anything at all to say, it doesn't even have to be related to the podcast. We just love the, the fan interactions. I keep When I come back to college, I'm always made aware of people who I didn't know listen to the podcast saying like, oh, I love the podcast. And that just makes my heart so happy. It's not that I need this podcast to be popular for us to keep doing that. That has been securely disproven. But <laughs> when people <laughs> when people do say that they enjoy it, it does make me feel really good. Because I, 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 love, I love podcasts. The thought that I can provide a podcast that other people like brings me joy. Um, but anyhow, yeah, co- reach out to us if you so desire. Feel free to stay in the silent masses if you if that's your if that's your speed. But until the end of next week, unless otherwise noted, my name is Jay Wilson. His name is Brian Wilson, and this has been the Weekly Wilson. Ski da da ba wa ba da ni ma ba ba iu wa bi ba ski da ba ba di bu ba ru ba bi ba du. Yep. <laughs> we can call it. <laughs> Enough said.